0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We're also with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And this is another one of our year-end holiday wrap-up specials. You'll be getting six episodes. You've been already listening to them. You know the deal. Uh, We're going to be discussing uh, all sorts of things, like you've already heard TVs, movies, our favorite of the year, best song of the year. We did the best feud of the year. And now we're going to be discussing the biggest release disappointment of the year. So something that was so hyped that came out and ultimately maybe let us down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Who wants to start, boys? Shane.
1: All right. This one was built up by everyone to me. Mm. Uh, So wait, wait. is it something that unanimously let everyone down?
2: Or just let you down? Okay, because
1: Men in Black would be a movie that let everyone down. Oh, good one. Something that let me down.
0: Men in Black, like international with... uh, Chris yeah. uh, no one even
1: knows that movie. It did,
0: it really did. And they put a lot of money behind it. There mm-hmm. was like NBA brand partnerships, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, go on.
2: Yeah, when people get mad at like the government for like misstepping or like, oh, we, they spent too much on the highway or whatever. It's like private industry fucks up all the time. How, like how many hundreds of millions of dollars went into Men in Black and it was an atrocity that nobody even saw? Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Private industry man. But <laughs> um book smart.
1: Oh, I found that everyone's telling me, "Oh, this is so oh, great, so great." I'm trying a... to
2: remember. There's a few of those movies that I saw, and I can't keep track. of Olivia Wilde directed yeah. it. It's with Jonah Hill's sister. Oh, Beanie mm-hmm. Feldman. Yeah, I like that movie. I thought it was great. You like
1: that movie? Yeah, oh, I I really goodness. enjoyed that film. That was such uh, like it, it. just reeked a first time director just watching mm. how unprofessional it was, kind of thrown together. Really, so many much music going on through it. Crude, lame jokes that in hacky performances and stereotypes and just things trying to break stereotype and uh the scene underwater where they oh my goodness like so many things that i i was looking forward to seeing in that movie that people have, were kind of saying it, it's like it's good in all the way that movies aren't hmm. like this and it wasn't hmm. and it, it wasn't even like a bad version of
2: super bad it was if, just a terrible version of like an indie teen comedy if you had just stumbled upon that movie and you're like, oh, Olivia Wilde directed it. You had no expectation for it. Do you think you would have liked it more? I would say this is an interesting B
1: movie made Mm -hmm. by some nobody. Why do you think it was so well loved? I have no idea. I don't know, right? Maybe there hadn't been a teen movie in a long time. People were kind of itching for one. People like
2: Beanie Feldman. People, I think, like Olivia Wilde. Yeah,
1: she's on the come up a little bit. She was in Lady Bird, and she's Jonah Hill's sister, Mm -hmm. so she had a little bit of heat behind her. But I do think it's the absence of teen comedies. It's kind of a genre that's gone away. And this happens every 10 years, right? So that was supposed to be the first domino, I think. And it, this is not a popular opinion I'm having, so I think it, it's worked. That's what I like about
0: your opinion. I, mm-hmm. I think I like it because it's, it's a hot take in the sense that it is like it's a really well-reviewed film. Uh, people that, that see it seem to really enjoy it. I was one of them. I was surprised when you came into the office and said how much you, you disliked it. Which makes it, I like that take, though, because it makes it unique. I, I disagree with a lot of things. I do think that it was really charming. I bought the relationship. Uh, I, I, you know, there was a lot of like um, contrived stuff that happened in that film like that went the way female beyond. Female
1: teacher fucking the student too, and they're trying to be cool doing it. It's oh like, that's God! Ridiculous. When she shows up,
0: I agree. I agree. Or like even the it, rich kid on the boat and the drugs. All and of and that the shit. Uber
1: driver and oh my god, it's Where the principal's the Uber driver? Yeah. Like I had to look over to my wife because sometimes I don't want to ruin it for the person yeah. I'm watching it with, yeah. or like let my opinions spray everywhere. So I just look. I'm like, this is terrible, right? Just to check in, and I'm going to check out if she says no. I'm actually enjoying it, and she's like, yes. This is the worst. And then we just made fun of it the entire rest of the movie.
0: Yeah, my feeling on the film was basically it's like there's all of these sort of contrived things, all these constructs. And like, listen, I knocked in super bad when the the the, the cops. The cops are so stupid when they're doing donuts and shooting guns for fun, and it's kind of like. Like, you know, there are certain constructs in that film that don't ring true either, but it gets you from point A to point B. And really the film's about the relationship between Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah And you go, as long, whatever happens, it doesn't matter as long as I care about those two guys going through. I kind of, I took that. From this film where it's like I cared about these two and their little journey and the fact that they were going to be breaking up sort of at the end of this this sort of night and that they hadn't done anything with their 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 high school lives as far as being fun and sort of reckless and everybody else was fucking up and still all got into you know the Ivy League schools I liked the premise I liked the female relationship between the two the two besties Uh, and then everything else just felt like it was standard American pie sort of like bullshit. You know, obstacles to get in the way on the the one big night of the party sort of deal.
1: For me, it was woke in all the wrong ways. Right. And unwoke in all the wrong ways. That's funny. Like, they have a scene where uh, kids are making fun of uh, Beanie Feldman's character who's in the washroom. And kids, my, my wife is a teacher, this is how I know, kids are still brutal. And they'll make fun of you for your weight and everything. These kids, as Beanie Feldman's uh, listening to, uh, she's in a stall taking a shit or a piss. <laughs> I guess women can be in a stall for both. But this the <laughs> writing st- that down. <laughs> well, I, I always think of a shit when you're in a stall because I'm a guy. Yeah. But Beanie's a woman, so okay. And it's a, uh, what's it called, unisex washer. That's right. So guys are coming in and they're making fun of her. Now, typical teenage asshole characters, they're going to make fun of her weight and use all those things as why they don't want to date her. They're they're tiptoeing around all those physical traits that would be They'd so. Make rude. fun of her
0: character. They don't make fun of her appearance. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. That's what
1: I'm saying. They, but yep. they tiptoe around it in a very uh, strange way. That's obvious that I'm like, OK, this is a very woke movie. That's not necessarily realistic or typical or stereotypical to making these characters unlikable, because that would be the typical route mm-hmm. right? to make fun of someone's yeah. physical exper- uh, appearance but then they have a teacher fuck a student in it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's done so poorly, and because it's a woman's student, then you can get, a. that's their way of skirting around it. Mm, yeah. intended. But I, I found it so tone deaf. Wow. And especially my wife is a teacher, and she was just like in shock, especially with oh, yeah. the inappropriate
0: when, teacher being the uh, Uber driver. It was very unrealistic how that teacher fucked the student. That was the issue, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, i like, come on, two pumps and he's done? No, I'm kidding. Like, I don't even remember it, but yeah. I Mike, just what, thought it was cheesy.
0: Yeah. Mike,
2: what's, sorry. Mike, what's your biggest... Uh, Wait,
0: you, did you like Booksmart? I liked it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I found it to be charming. I, I didn't have such a critical eye. But uh, those things that you're saying do ring true. Agreed. But it, but it didn't uh, take away from my just general enjoyment of the movie and uh, the
0: performances. I, I think I must, I must have watched it in the right mood, too, because, yeah, I think I just sort of like let it wash over me and, yeah. and sort of bought the... Chemistry between the two two leads—it's um, slapped
1: together very shittily too, and I found that. The audio levels on the music cuts in and that out. That is weird. true.
0: That is true. I had to keep adjusting the volume on the TV so weird. we didn't wake up the baby. Um, my biggest disappointment of 2019 is was easy for me. Well, my runner-up because I was actually going over some of these with Danica, my wife. I was like, oh, because uh, as people know, we're recording this in Max's house over the holidays, and I was driving in from Toronto to Hamilton, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm like, I have to uh, come up with some of this stuff. And she said her biggest disappointment of 2019 was the Mueller report, mm. uh, which I thought was a good one. I know what you're going to say, Mike. Oh. Shaney, tell the people what I'm going to say. G-O-T, baby. G-O motherfucking mm. T. Game of Thrones. I, I've been into that book. A friend gave me the first book in 2005. Uh, I was going through a rough time, and I was commuting all the time, and I didn't have anything to do on the, the train. And uh, into Toronto, I was commuting from Hamilton. He was like, hey, check out this book. It's this massive goddamn book. He's like, take it, He's a friend of mine. He's into fantasy. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll give it like 20 pages. This is what happens whenever someone lends you a book. It's like, oh, now I'm obligated to read it, or I've got to awkwardly like give it back or make up some excuse why I didn't read it. So whenever someone does that for me, I'm like, I'll give it 20 pages. And then if I'm not into it, I'll just say, oh, I didn't have time and give it back. Into it. Fucking loved it. Ended up reading, there was three books out at that point, so I ended up reading the first three books, like A Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings, Storm of Swords. What uh, makes it good? So, to me, what made it so good was immediately, you know, the reasons we talked about in the first uh, 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 installment of our holiday uh, year-end roundup, uh, why we like succession. Uh, because it, it sort of, it, it defines these family members and sort of their relationship to one another, and then the outside goal, you know? So, it's like, they sort of world build in a way that's like, why are there stakes, Outside of this immediate family and then what's the drama within the family and the tapestry there are the sort of chemistry with each other and why why it matters so you kind of you see you start with this stark family and then you know their children and then sort of the relationships to, to one another and there's this bastard right away and then you go oh so it's like he's the son of, of this guy too but. And the other kids accept this bastard, but the the mother doesn't because it's sort of this walking reminder that the husband had cheated on her. So it's like, that's compelling right there in this family. Then you realize in the larger world, there is this, for, you know, to be on the nose, a Game of Thrones going on where there's sort of palace intrigue in the, the main state. And, you know, the king is coming all the way to meet this family who we meet off the top to sort of ask for help. So then it sort of expands and expands and expands. And every time it expands, you're just as interested because you care about those initial characters that they introduced you to. So that's why I love the books, right? Um, and there was so much thought put into them. And it was just like everything was so well thought out, and the tapestry was perfect. So they say they're coming out with the show. I get excited. The show comes out. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to live up to the hype. Show ends up being exceptional. Like, at times, it sort of transcends the genre and sort of is perfect. Other times, it's whatever it is. So, going into the last season of the show, it had become the biggest phenomenon in the world. It was no longer my little indie band that I was into with, like, my little fantasy nerd friends. Uh, something that I talked about with, with with a few people. You know, actually, one of our best friends, Sean Dawson, when we first started hanging out in, like, 2006 or seven, you know, the first thing he said when he came into to my place is he goes, Oh, Storm of Swords, you're reading A Song of Ice and Fire. I'm like, you know this shit? He's like, yeah. And it was like, okay, cool. Like, I found one of my people. Um, so it became the biggest phenomenon sort of in the world. Uh, uh, sort of they say it was the last monoculture event was the the last season of Game of Thrones, meaning it's something that everybody talked about. The, I don't outside you, of
1: sports. Outside right? of sports, yeah.
0: yeah. I, and even sports, though. Like, I guess the Super Bowl could kind of count as that for sure. But, yeah, you're right. So, um, But, like, people won't watch TV that way anymore, and this was the last thing. We'll see until it happens again. So I was very, very, very excited. There's only I think eight episodes in the last season, or maybe six, and they were all gonna be like feature film length. And so everybody was so excited to see how it was gonna end. And like after the second episode, like it just got worse. And worse and worse. And they rushed so many plot lines. Mm. They made Daenerys Targaryen, who was like this sort of like fascinatingly strong uh, uh, character, you know, who's coming back to claim the throne that had been ripped from her family. They just turned her into like a crazy, angry, like Vendetta uh, sort of uh, agenda bitch. And it was just like it was so sloppy and everything was so rushed. And I just like as I watched it unfold, when that finale ended, it was so And then like at one point, the dragon, spoiler alert, uh, you know, he like melts the fucking iron throne in some like weird symbolic gesture. It's like, wait, does the dragon know that it's being metaphorical right now? Is it just angry at that throne? Like, what is this? Bullshit.
1: What's the dragon's intelligence level? Are they like dolphin, or are they smarter than human? Or
0: well, they've never quite defined it, but you, th- I think there's like a um, a, a psychic uh, connection with Daenerys Targaryen or any Targaryen for that matter.
1: So they're being controlled more than they are independently. Smart. Yes,
0: or or they're like empaths, so they know the whims of like what a Targaryen is going through. Like if a Targaryen's in danger, they would know to come. Or if you know, but like, you I- think I- it
1: was out of character for the dragon to melt that uh,
0: throne down. I just don't know why the dragon would melt the throne. And not any other item that is around to be melted Right Like why take the throne down Unless they knew exactly what the throne represented
2: This is so interesting Because it kind of relates to what I'm going to talk about But it's like What what happened to the checks and balances That existed in the previous seasons In the last season It's like why There's an answer What is
0: it Essentially the showrunners Benioff and Weiss Yeah uh, they were done with the show. They're basically it's the greatest thing they ever did, but they were ready to move on. They were going to do a Star Wars movie. And what happened, apparently, this is from the reading and all the reporting, is at that point, you go to HBO and you go, um, you know what, we're going to tap out here in like whatever season five or six, whatever it was. Uh, and then you hand it off to another showrunner. Other showrunners would have been like, oh my God, we get these characters, we get to end the story. Like, Let's do a 10 episode last season, or let's do two more seasons. We'll, it will take 20 episodes to tell this story. Those guys didn't want to relinquish control. They wanted, you know, and fine. And by the way,
2: Veep, I think, handed over the show to New showrunner like halfway through the, like their se- this series like I think after season three they got a new showrunner and the show has remained as good as ever because there was a committed person there a
0: committed person who wanted to see it through so these new showrunners in theory would have been like oh my god let's take twenty episodes to tell the story they want to tell in six those guys are like we want to get like the party's over you know like let's we gotta go and so the feeling is they rushed it all just because mm. they wanted to wrap it up but but they were too. They, they didn't want to hand it off. Mm. They, they didn't want to put the time in, but they also didn't want to give someone else the glory to, to take the cross the finish line.
2: Okay, this relates very well to my... Good, let's go. That uh,
0: rant was long. I'm sorry if you're not into that. No, shit. no, it
2: was good. Um, so my biggest disappointment might be a bit of a surprise, but it's similar to you. It's like you have this thing that you love, that you felt very close to, that you yeah. felt you understood. Yeah. Chance the Rapper. So for me, (gasps) everyone knows I love Chance the Rapper. This is shocking to me. I'm not shocked. You haven't
1: said shit about him in the longest time. I know, and
2: I was so excited for him to put out his new record this year. It dropped, I don't know, in the fall. And I I really, really wanted to love it. It was sort of a star-studded cast of uh, feature performers. And just like the songs just like weren't great and i felt like the rollout wasn't quite as good as the last rollout where he was like appearing on all these like uh late night television ellen etc and putting on these amazing performances of those songs from the last record and it took him a while to do that like he basically didn't do a ton of promo uh where you got to see the songs live to make you like them even more so that that took like a month where it's like where it's like you should be you should have done that like a month before to get everybody like on side because he's such a charismatic performer and then he puts the sh- uh, his tour on sale. It's like a big arena tour. And then he posts about like a month later. He's like, "Hey guys, you know, I'm just going to reschedule the dates. I just had a I had a kid, and I, I, I don't want to uh, miss you know her growing up. So we're going to push it back to February. Sorry about that, guys." And he and and he kind of used the guise of like, "I need to be close to my family." And I think it like won him a lot of praise and a lot of like goodwill because like family first. I was like, "Family first, family first. And I'm kind of like. You can, you're like a multi-multi millionaire. You can roll with your family anywhere you want. This is like, I don't know, a six week commitment. Also, it's like I appreciate, it, but like you could have like planned a little bit better. All good, whatever. Dates are in February, two weeks ago or a week ago. He goes, hey guys, um, I'm canceling the tour. <laughs> Just don't want to do it anymore. So basically, the whole tour, which Whoa. tens of thousands of people bought tickets for, which I don't know if it was selling great. That might be the word on the street. Um, is not happening anymore. What's He's, the
0: excuse? The excuse is it's just kind of just a lazy excuse. Hey guys, turns out I have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <let laughs> gonna me, need some time to yeah. sort this situation. I out. thought my own kid was
2: neglected. <laughs> this other one's way worse. <laughs> and hell, let, let me pull up the. Wow. So basically, uh, he writes. Uh, where is it? Uh, here it is. Hey guys, I've decided to cancel the big tour. I know it sucks and it's been a lot of back and forth with reschedules and rerouting, but it's for the best. I'm going to take this time to be with my family, make some new music, and develop my best show to date. i am deeply to anyone with a ticket who has supported me this past decade by coming to a show and rocking out with me, and I feel even worse for anyone who's planning on making this their first chance concert. Thank you for an amazing year, and a huge thanks to my team and family for being so strong through the year. Anyway, it's just like, I don't know if that's a good enough excuse. This is
1: like a star is born, right? That's uh, one of the excuses someone came up with at the end of that movie. Uh, she, she was trying to help Bradley Cooper's character, and she's like, I'm just going to say that uh, I love my album so much I want to get back in the studio and make another one. Oh, so sure, tour, sure, sure, sure.
2: Yeah, I'm learning from these movies. Yeah, that, that well, <laughs> that seems like what, what he did. And I just think the music itself seemed a little bit rushed. Um, wow. Where it's just like whatever you were doing on the last record, you didn't seem to do on this one. Uh, and it's just the songs aren't quite as good Anyway, it just kind of let me down Because I love I am a huge Chance of Rapper fan I think he's like a singular talent And he, he kind of exudes everything I like about a performer I think that there's no one quite like him And I just felt that he sort of got a little I'm projecting here And I'd love to hear what his team would say Because obviously I'm on the outside But he's a little pleased with himself A little distracted and a, uh, With maybe other things outside of music and he sort of maybe just assumed it would all work out because everything in his life has always just kind of worked out he's always been kind of a golden boy but i think he maybe forgot like you really have to put in like real time in the studio the follow-up album after the breakup yeah the breakout album is the hardest album yeah and uh
1: and maybe he was trying to you like saying zig when people are zagging maybe he was like i'm gonna blow him away with something even better but it's like no, no, no. Stick to that. Well, they're all kind of
2: like B-rate versions of the last record. That was the other thing. It was like, oh, he wasn't even. Was that no, game? he wasn't. It was just like oh, that's the song that's supposed to sound like this song of the record, and that's uh, a song. He that's sequel. Supposed to, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, it was just disappointing. And 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 I I don't think I would have said this with the biggest disappointment if he had just come out and toured and I went to the show and I said oh I love this guy yeah but be, but that was like sort of the final straw over like the rollout was kind of bad. The record wasn't quite as good as I wanted it to be. The rescheduling thing kind of annoyed me. And now he canceled the tour. I'm like, okay, like what can I do? How can I show you support? You're just
0: talking as, as a true fan that's yeah. just been a little bit bummed out. Yeah. If you didn't have such high expectations mm-hmm. of someone you love, yeah. they can't hurt you. So yeah. does
1: that change the way you look at his fashion? No, I love his fashion. So you would be just as likely to wear overalls now as you would have
0: two years ago? <laughs> no, two years ago is
2: peak overalls. Right.
0: <laughs> Did you ever put on that pair of overalls? I,
2: in an uh, Urban Outfitters uh, changing room one time. I, <laughs> I took a photo and I sent it to Manager Ash. I'm like, yes or no? She said no. Did that photo make it on social media? Maybe on an IG story. Can we All put right. it on
0: our IG story for Mike How Much? Yeah, if I can find it. All right. Sure. <laughs>